Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Good. Uh, if Allison, if you could join me up here. We have a testimony this morning, and so I'm super excited for Allison to share uh, what God has done. God's done something awesome, so uh, God is in the business of miracles, and so go ahead, sure. Harder than I thought. A year ago, a little over a year ago, a little less than a year ago, actually, I started with small spots that I didn't know what they were. Um, they ended up being psoriasis and ended up being covering my body, 70 to 80 percent of my body. It was bad. And uh, I had prayer. I asked for prayer. My brother and my sister-in-law prayed for me. I asked for prayer here. People kept praying and it kept spreading. <laughs> And after a while, I got tired of asking for prayer. And I said, Lord, you know, I prayed myself. And I said, Lord, you could, I could wake up tomorrow morning with it gone, absolutely gone off my body. And I don't understand why you're not doing anything. It's just spreading. It's getting worse. And if you ever had psoriasis, it's the most miserable. It's a very miserable thing. And it is an autoimmune disease. So finally went to my doctor. The stuff she gave me didn't work. Sent me to a dermatologist, and she diagnosed me with psoriatic arthritis and wanted me to take a certain medication that my, my, um, <laughs> my insurance, thank you, my insurance would not accept. And so it was a, trying to get to the point where I could take that medication. And I had given up praying. I said, you know what, Lord, you can heal me, but you aren't. And I don't know why. So I stopped asking for prayer. I stopped coming up for prayer. When people wanted to pray for me, I'm like, sure, go ahead. It's not going to do any good, but go ahead. Feel free. And uh, got to the point where everything was just seemingly going against all this. And I, all of a sudden, I just said, Lord, again, I know you can heal me in, in an instant. I could wake up tomorrow morning, be totally free. But that's not what you're after and I don't know what you are after, but whatever you are, help me to learn this. Help me to get this. And give me the grace and mercy to go through this and look like a monster while doing it. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore that I've got psoriasis and it's covering 80% of my body. I don't care. You're doing something and whatever you are doing, keep doing. Just do what you need to do. And I, I, I give it up to you. I just give this whole thing up to you. And I, people started noticing, <laughs> they said, boy, your hands look great, because it was covering my hands. They said, boy, your hands look really great. And I said, yeah, it looks pretty good. I use some ointment that works, but you know, um, I'm done with the ointment and it's coming back. It's, it's all coming back. And uh, it took me probably a month to suddenly realize that it wasn't coming back. <laughs> And I was long out of that ointment. It was done, it was gone. It wasn't something that lasts. It's something you just put on to relieve. And uh, my, I started, people started saying things and I was like, huh, it's gone and it's staying gone. And again, it took me a month ago. Oh my gosh, I'm being healed. And my hands, my arms, 
It's gone. Are clear. It's gone. It's leaving the worst parts of my body. My back has still got it, but it's going away every morning. I feel it's a difference. It's my gone. chest, everywhere, my legs, everything, it is leaving me. Amen. Amen. And so I just praise God. Come on, give the Lord for a shout. For doing a healing. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Thank Come you on. for the mercy and the grace Come to on, keep me going. Amen. To keep me going. Amen. Thank if you, Lord. If you're here, stay right here. If you're here in this room and you need healing in your body, seriatic arthritis, uh, you have psoriasis, you have an autoimmune disease, you have any of those sicknesses, I want you to stand to your feet right where you're at. Any, any healing you need in your body. Listen, when God moves, when God does something miraculous and we testify about what God has done, we're prophesying about what he's about to do. And so God's about to do something in this room right now. Some of our greatest, some of the greatest miracles that we've seen have come through testimony and us praying for another person. There's a domino effect that happens in the kingdom of God. I don't fully understand it, but I know that it happens. And so faith is all over this room right now. Listen to what Allison said. It, it, she came to the point where she said, God, I don't know. God, I'm done trusting in myself and none of this stuff that the doctors are giving me is working. Faith comes through surrender. It's when she came to the point of surrender that faith came. It's when she came to the point of surrender. God, I know you can heal, but God, I don't know that you will heal. God, I surrender to you. If I have to live like this, she said, we surrender our ways to you, God. So right now, Allison, I want you to pray. Pray for everyone in here. If someone's standing next to you, lay your hand on them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, go ahead, Allison. Lord Jesus, I just praise you. You are truly our Jehovah Jireh. You are enough for this moment for every yes. single person in here who needs healing. You are enough. Healing, Lord. Help these people to surrender to you, God. Surrender whatever is needed, Lord. And many healing, of them have Lord. surrendered everything already. Lord, I ask you to heal them in the name of Jesus. Let your blood flow over their bodies, through their veins yes. and arteries, Lord, because your blood is healing. Yes. Cover them, Lord. Cover them, Lord. Cover them, Lord, with your blood, your precious, precious blood. Yes, Lord. Father, heal. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Father, you see surrendered hearts all over this room yes. right now. And God, we pray that faith would come. We pray for sickness to go. We command sickness to go right now in the name of Jesus. We command healing to enter these bodies right now in the name of Jesus. God, every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, every injury bows at the name of Jesus. Yes. Bring healing right now. We command it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord a shout. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. We give you glory and honor and praise. Amen. Thank you, Angelia. You know, sometimes we don't understand what God is doing, and that's okay. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. God can do things, and, and we just don't understand. And this is where faith comes in. 
It's not a walk of understanding. It's a walk of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. By faith, we understand that the things of this world were made from nothing. So now that you understand that, go ahead, repeat the process. Here's nothing, and go ahead and make something. Obviously, you don't understand it that well. No, by faith, Scripture says, Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 2, by faith, we understand that the things of this world were made from nothing. God spoke, and it happened. God spoke, and there was light. God spoke, and the earth was literally formed out of nothingness. This is what we understand. This is how it happened. It's the Big Bang Theory. Did you know that there's like, at least last count, there was like 127 different Big Bang Theories? Which one are you going to choose? I got one. God spoke and bang, it happened. It lines right up. It's perfect. Of course there's going to be a big thunderclap when God speaks. This is the way he is. Did we, read, did we not read uh, Revelation chapter 4 a couple weeks ago? Right? Thunderings and lightnings in heaven. His voice is like the many waters. Glory to God. To grow in faith, <laughs> we're talking about live by faith. And last week we talked about fear and how fear comes against our faith. This week we're going to talk about trusting God. Uh, but before we go there, we're talking about faith. In order to grow in faith, we have to grow in mystery. If we simply understand something, when we fully understand something, we no longer have to have faith for it. I don't have to have faith to have an iPhone. I actually have one. I don't have to have faith. Maybe I have to have faith to keep it. Maybe I have to have faith not to drop it, right? Some of you need more faith than others in that department. But I don't have to have faith to have one. I already have it. We need faith for those things that we haven't yet seen. Faith is a substance. Mm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's substance to faith. Faith is a substance that engages in the spiritual realm. Faith is, faith is right here. Faith is right in your heart. Right? We make the mistake too often. Man, this is good stuff and you guys aren't getting it. We make the mistake too often of putting faith right here in our mind. Faith is not in our mind. Faith, faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith isn't here. Faith isn't here. Faith isn't here. Faith is right here. Faith is right in our heart, and it comes right out of our heart. Romans 10 says, with the heart, one believes unto salvation. It's heart belief. That's faith. Faith is this grace, divinely imparted grace of the heart. And we've tried to make it something that's in our mind. If you can just understand it. No, you're going the wrong way. You're seeking to, under <laughs> you're seeking to understand it and thinking that your faith is going to grow and you're going the wrong way down a wrong way street, guys. Faith grows through mystery. Faith is a, watch the words, divinely imparted grace. Divine, God imparted, given grace, power. 
It's a God-given power. Faith is a God-given power. It's powerful, guys. It's powerful. Faith accomplishes things. Faith. Jesus said, if you have faith, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and it would obey you. Faith does things. Faith does things. Man, that's good. That's good. That wasn't even the message. <sighs> that was all free. That was free. That was extra. And my message is long today. We have no hope. I'm gonna, just going to cut some out because you can't handle it all. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. The more we trust God, we're talking about faith. We're talking about living by faith. We're talking about faith, and we're talking about growing by faith. And we need to trust God. If we want to have more faith, we have, we have to have more trust in God. Yeah. It's, really, it's really what it's about. Having faith is really about trusting God. Where do you trust God? Where do you not trust God? What areas of your life do you need to trust God in more? What do you have, what do you have trust in God for? What do you not allow God to touch in your life? What have, you, what have you not surrendered to God in your life? When I first got saved 30 years ago, was it 30 years? What year is it? 22. It was 30 years this year. 30 years this past May. 30 years, three decades. Three decades ago, a score and a decade ago, score is 20 years. <laughs> I got saved. And when I first got saved, I trusted God with my salvation. I trusted God to forgive me of my sins. I trusted God to be able to bring me to heaven when I pass away. That's what I trusted God with, and that's what I trusted God for. But there was still all of this other stuff that I didn't trust God with. I trusted him with this much of my life. But I still had all of this that I was hanging on to. I still had all of this that I was going to do by myself. I still had all of this that I said, no, God, you don't know enough about me about that. Little did I know. What did I know? I knew nothing. And then what happened was I thought I had control over this. See this big portion down here at the bottom? I thought I had control over this portion of my life. And what happened was it was a train wreck. So then I said, God, I've got to give you more. And so I give God more. And I still held on to this little portion down here. And then I said, no, I've got to give you more, God, because I'm another train wreck. I've got to give you more, God. And then I mess up again, and i got to give you more, God. And i got to give you more, God. Where are, we at, where are we in the process? How much have you surrendered? How much is still hanging out there? How much of it is still on, on you? How much, how much of it is still on you? How much of it is still, no, I got this, God. Really? How's that working out for you? All right. We need to trust God. We need to trust God. It is mandatory. It is of the utmost importance. Without trust in God, we can't grow in faith. We sing the song. We sang the song, and I, and I stopped you guys, and I, and I wanted to bring your attention to it. We sing the song, God is good. 
you are good. How good do we believe God is? How good do we believe God is? God's good, but if God was really good, then this wouldn't happen. You're bringing an indictment against God. God's good, but if God was good, then why did this happen? God's good, but if God is good, be careful the questions that you ask. I ask questions all the time. But we have to be careful and we have to guard our heart. We have to guard our heart because out of it flow the issues of life. And if we begin to incriminate and bring accusation against God, we hurt our own faith. We hurt ourselves. It's not God. God God's not going to get hurt because we think something wrong about him. People have been thinking things wrong about God for, for ages. For thousands of years, people have thought wrong about God. People have misunderstood God. And our job, my job in life, is to seek out who God is and what he's like. And then God's given me the me individually the specific mandate to help to tell everyone else what he's like too. I'm here to tell you today that God is good. And he's not just he's not just a little good. He's not just the the Hebrew word for for good is tov, T O V, tov. He's not just tov, he's boka tov. He's very good. It's very good. There is, he's so good, there's no, there's no, there's, there's nothing in him that's not good. There's nothing in him that's not good. He is only good. He is goodness personified. He is the perfection of goodness. And I would venture to guess that we cannot wrap our minds about, around what the perfection of goodness actually looks like. All right, let's jump into scripture. I think we're ready. I think you're ready. Tell me you're ready. All right. Are you? Come on. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is one of Pastor Tom's favorite scriptures. He quotes it all the time. You could probably, if you've been here for a minute like me, you could probably quote it right off the top of your head without even reading it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct all of your paths. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. All of your heart. All of your heart. What do you have in your life that troubles you? What do you have in your life that you think about? What do you have in your life that weighs you down, that's worrisome, that's, that's anxious for you? Trust God with that. Trust God with that. Not some of your heart, all of your heart. All of your heart. Here's the mistake that we make too often. Lean not on your own understanding. How much easier can we make it? You, we think thoughts. We think like, you know, God's good and, and all, but, you know, the Bible's not right in this area. The Bible's wrong here. You know, what he said here, I still have questions about that. You're leaning on your own understanding. You think you know more than God. God didn't write anything in this book because of happenstance. He didn't write anything in this book by accident. 
none of the rules, none of the commandments, none of the things that we're supposed to follow are there because God thought that it would be funny or comical or, you know, he just wasn't sure, so let's make it black. No. (laughs) Everything was specifically done for a reason. And what happens is when we choose not to follow the commandments of God, that's when our life becomes the train wreck. That's when we begin, we're we're thinking, I got this, God. I don't need to trust you for that. All of a sudden, I'm trusting in my own understanding. I'm trusting in what I know. See, I had all of this stuff in my life that, God, you don't have to help me here. I'm good. Yo, people like me, I'm good. I don't need to trust God for that. Train wreck. Then I come back and I'm like, you know what? Because <laughs> I come back, I stay engaged in the process, and that's one of the secrets, guys. We need to stay engaged in the process. I come back and I say, you know what, God? You were right. You know what, God? Your word was right. Go figure. <laughs> People ask me questions all the time. I used to get this when I worked at the nursery, too. People ask me questions all the time, and then when I give them the answer, they're like, you're right. Well, I wouldn't have told you what the answer was if I didn't know what it was. I don't make stuff up. I had this lady come in one time, and, and I'm busy with another customer, and she interrupts the whole thing, the whole scene of what's going on. I mean, it was like mid-May, crazy, you know, 100 people at the shop, whatever. And she interrupts everything that's going on. I'm actually in the middle of helping two people at once, and this third person comes in, and she says, when is the proper time to transplant my seedlings? And I'm, without even thinking, I'm, I'm helping this person, and I'm in the middle of helping that person. Everything's going on. And I respond, and I say, when the first true leaves appear. So she's like, what's a true leaf? <laughs> I responded with, out of the book, out of the textbook, because we read it in college. I went to school for nursery management. I understood, right? I understood when the first true leaves. What's the first true leaves? It's the first leaves that look like what the plant's actually supposed to look like. Because when your seed first germinates, the first leaves that come out don't look like it. When your first tomato seed leaves come out, they don't look like regular tomato seed leaves. But then the next set that comes out, those are real tomato leaves. And those are true leaves. And she's like, you're right. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) I I, I get this all the time. It's great. So... uh, encourage you. That's good. Lean not on your own understanding. The problem is, is that we think we know, or we think that God is wrong. What do we not trust God with? What are we not trusting God with? Here's, a, here's another question. Where do we believe that the Bible is wrong? If you, can, if you can properly answer these questions, you're going to quickly reveal the condition of your heart and you're going to quickly reveal to yourself where you need to grow in trust and where you can grow in faith. See, because as we trust God and as we surrender to God, faith comes. Faith comes through surrender. Faith, faith comes through surrender. Faith doesn't come through striving. Faith doesn't come through striving. Faith doesn't come through activity. Activity comes as an expression of faith. Without faith, without works, faith is dead. Faith without works is dead. But faith doesn't come through the works. The works are a fruit of the faith. (laughs) 
James says, uh, faith without works is dead, right? And then there are those who would say, uh, um, you have faith, you know, I'll, show me your works without faith. I'll show you my work, my faith by my works, right? Then James says, you believe that there is one God? You believe that there is one God in heaven? Even the demons believe that. Wait, what? It's not enough to understand, right, of the works. It, works are an outgrowth of the faith. If you go into works without the faith, you become embittered. You can become embittered. I've served God all my life, and what did it get me? Well, that, this is what happens when we begin in works to earn our way to faith. We can't get there. You can't get there. But when you have faith, man, I just got to do something for God. I could, I could work a hundred years, never receive any benefit, and it was all worth it. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to serve. Never once was there ever a bitter thought. Never once was it ever I'm being taken advantage of. Of course I am. I signed up for it. Lean not on your own understanding. Too often we're trying to figure everything out. You know, there's one question above all other questions that will get you in trouble. Why? <laughs> Why? Why did this happen? Why did it 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 happen? Why, 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 why? Why, 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 why? God never, God never promised to give us an answer to the question why. There was a lot of promises in the Bible, but answering the question why is not one of them. And asking the question why, guys, it, it has the potential to derail your faith. It has the potential to derail your faith. I've just come to the place where I don't ask anymore. It's not that I can't ask. I can ask. I can, go to the, I can go to God and say, God, why is this? Why is that? Why is this? Why is that? But I've just learned that it's not healthy for me to ask those kinds of questions. And so I try to find another question to ask. Right? So I'm bothered by situation A. I don't come and say, God, why is situation A the way that it is? I find a different question to ask. God, what can I do to help situation A? Oh. Oh, God's going to answer that question. We may never, ever, ever, ever find out why the A, but what we will know is that we can be a solution to the problem. As soon as you're like, God, how can I help? He's like, come on, baby. <laughs> now we're in the game. Now we're in the game. Holy Spirit, come on over and just go tell him what he's going to do. And then, you know, arrange all of these other things. And you need to bring him in a couple thousand dollars in finances so that he can support that thing. Right? And then and we're going to see situation change. And it's going to be the glory of God is what it's going to be. It's going to be the glory of God is what it's going to be. You know, we talked last week about, we talked last week about Job. When we talked, we were talking about fear. And what did Job say? The thing that I feared the most has come upon me, right? And so fear opens the door for doubt and unbelief. Except that, I, except that it actually didn't happen in Job's case. What we see is that Job is going through this trial, and what does he say? All he, the worst 
the worst loss anybody's ever suffered in, in all of recorded human history, potentially. He goes through this terrible loss, and what does he say? The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible is specific to tell us that in all of what Job said, he did not sin. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. George, Job lost everything. He lost it all. He lost everything. All the riches, all the family, all of it, all of it, all of it. He lost it all. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then what do we see? And then Job is afflicted with sores in his body, Allison. Afflicted with sores all over his body, painful sores all over his body. And what, is, what does Job say? What's Job's response now? Though he slay me, yet I will what? Trust him. Trust. 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 I will trust him. I will trust him. I will trust him. I'm not going to rely on my own understanding. I don't know. I can't figure this out. I don't know that Job ever asks the question why. I think maybe all of the whole book is really a, a dance around the question why, and then what does God say? What does God say? He comes and he says, hey, did you, did, wait, wait a minute, did, did you teach the sun how to rise up in the morning and, and the course that it's to run? Did, can you take the sea monster and bring him home as your pet and tie him up? Did you give the horse its strength to go into battle? Did you do these wonderful things? Did you tell the seas that they could come this far and then they had to stop? Did you do that? Did you set the sun and the moon and the stars all in place? And did, did you do that? Was that you? I think I did that. Lean not on your own understanding. There's so much here, and we haven't even begun. In all of your ways, acknowledge God. In all of your ways, acknowledge God. In all of your ways, acknowledge God. The, the word acknowledge there in the Hebrew is yada. Y-A-D-D-A-H, yada. And so the best way for me to explain yada is to use it in another place in Scripture that you're very familiar with. Genesis. It says, Adam, yada, Eve. And then she bore a son. There's this intimate relationship. It's this intimacy. If we read this same Scripture... If we read the same scripture out of uh, the Passion Translation, it says, in all of your ways, intimately know God and intimately involve him in the process of what you're going through. Oh, <laughs> acknowledge. I'm going to go, I'm go buy uh, an RV. Hey, God, is that okay? Okay, cool. He didn't say no. I'm doing it. No, intimately I'm not saying buy an RV is wrong. I'm just saying like the process that we go through. You know, I bought a vehicle one time and I came home with it and my wife was very unhappy. <laughs> it was this great big uh, S1700 series international school bus. I'm not kidding. I bought a school bus. I pulled up front and she's like, how many kids do you think we're having? No. <laughs> it wasn't the full length bus, guys. It would take a regular full size school bus, cut it in half. It was a half bus. It's a short bus. <laughs> I bought the short bus. <laughs> some, of you get, some of you get the reference there, and that's beautiful. 
I made a decision. I didn't discuss it with my wife, and I will forever regret the decision. It was a bad decision. I shouldn't have done it. I should have talked to her about it. I didn't talk to her about it. I didn't yada her in the process. Oh, stop it. I didn't involve her in the process. Are we involving God in the process of the decisions in our lives? Does he have first place and preeminence over every single decision that you make? This book, the Bible, is a roadmap for your life. It's the instruction manual like you would receive when you buy your car, right? There's an instruction manual. Is there an instruction manual for life? Yes, there is. It's called the Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. The Bible, it's the basic instruction before leaving earth. As long as you're here, this is it. This is it. This is how you get it done. This is what God said. Every word of God proves true. Find something that's written in here that's not true. It's all true. Every word of God proves true. So when the Bible says, you know, you shouldn't lie, steal, cheat, there's reasons for that. Now, you can go out and test the waters, and you can lie and steal and cheat, and then see what happens, and it's going to be destruction for your life. Go ahead, fill in the blank with anything else that's in here. I tried it. Didn't work. In all of your ways, intimately involve God in the process. Oh, that process, that word process. He keeps bringing that up. And he shall direct your paths. God will direct your paths. He'll teach you where to go. He'll show you where to go. Process is a beautiful thing. Thank God for process. Because if it wasn't for the process, then he would demand everything all at once. And there's no way that we could live up to that standard. But because God is a God of process, it can happen over years, and it can happen over days, and it can happen over uh, three decades. Praise the Lord. And I'm still in the process. And what we have to do, what we have to do is we have to stay engaged in the process. That's one of your your things here. Stay engaged in the process. We have to stay engaged on the process, and it's, it's on our side. We're the ones who would disconnect. God will never disconnect. He may make you wait for a while, but he'll never disconnect the process. He'll never disconnect from the process. We're the ones that disconnect. But as long as we stay engaged, as long as we stay committed to God and committed to what he's doing, he will work it out. He will bring it, what does Romans 8, 28 say? For, for our good. He'll turn everything around for good. How does it work? I don't know how it works. How does he do that? I don't know how he does that. He's God. He can do it. The Bible says there is the oil of joy for mourning, that God, that God comforts those who mourn. Mourning is a process. Mourning doesn't happen once. Anybody who's lost anybody can tell me that. You, you're, oh, yeah. You're like, amen, pastor. There we go. You're like, amen, pastor. Anybody who's lost anybody knows. You can tell me. Mourning is a process. It's not just one time. 
You come back, you go over and over and over, and I continually pour out my mourning on God, and he continues to be faithful and gives me joy. I give him my mourning, and he gives me comfort. I give him my mourning, and he gives me joy. How many times do you have to lay down your mourning? As many times as it takes in order for God to finish the process. And I may never stop. I may never stop. Depending on how intimately I knew the person whom I lost, I may never stop pouring out my mourning. It may be a day-by-day process where I continue to pour it out, but he's faithful every time I pour it out to give me joy, to give me comfort. If we disengage in the process, this is where we get off into unbelief. Mourning is part of life. Death is part of life. There's a one-in-one chance that we're all going to die. It's a very high probability. It's almost certain. As a matter of fact, it is certain. There's only two people in all, of, in all of recorded history of the Bible that didn't die. This is fantastic. Sidebar. <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, I was reading, studying, listening, and it occurred to me that um, right, Elisha has this showdown on Mount Carmel. I know this is a sidebar. This is totally off topic, but just go with me here. Elijah has this showdown on Mount Carmel, wonderful, awesome day in the presence of God. God moves, right? They put to death all of the, all of the prophets of Baal. Elijah's living large, tells Ahab, hey, it's going to rain. Go down before the rain stops you. And then Elijah puts his cloak up and he outruns the horse. Come on. Elijah's having a day. And then he gets to Jezreel and Jezebel looks at him. And, and Satan prophesied, because Jezebel's a demonic figure in the Bible, and the demon prophesied and said, so be it for you, so be it to you, if, if I, so be it for me, if it not by this time tomorrow that you're not like one of them. So Jezebel prophesies and says, 24 hours, Elisha, you're dead. You're going to die. You know, you know what struck me? You know what I figured out? Elijah didn't die in 24 hours. He didn't die in 24 days. He didn't die in 24 weeks. He didn't die in 24 months. He didn't die in 24 years. He didn't die in 240 years. He didn't die in 2,400 years. Elijah has still not died. He never died. Satan came and said, hey, you're going to die by tomorrow, 24 hours. He's still not dead. God took him to heaven, I think, just to make Satan look like a fool. You're an idiot. You said he's going to die in 24 hours. He's not even going to die. What kind of fool? Fool. What lies are we believing? What lies are we believing? Don't let the enemy prophesy to you. Don't let the enemy prophesy to you. Don't let the negative thoughts prophesy to you. Speak to those things. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Did Jesus win the victory? Oh, come on. Then start acting like it. Start living like it. Start speaking. You don't have to speak out loud. So when your coworker says, oh, you'll never get the job, don't be like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can just do that underneath your breath. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Were you saying something? Yes, I was. I was praying. (laughs) I was praying. The effective, fervent prayer of of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Come on. We never stop praying. We never stop, never stop, never stop. 
Listen, you'll always find me doing one of three things. I'm either going to be worshiping, praising, giving thanks, or learning more about God. That was four things. Always. I, sometimes I'll do two at once. Sometimes I'll, I'll worship and give thanks. Sometimes I'll worship and pray. Sometimes I'll give thanks and pray. Sometimes I'll study and worship. They can mix together. I can do two at once. Glory to God. Multitasking. It's great. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he, we're getting nowhere. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. And you know what? Part two. Come back for part two. Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Here we go with us thinking that we're anything. Right? Oh, I, I figured it out. No, you didn't. I'm reminded of what's the Kung Fu Panda. Did, you, did Uguay show you? No, I figured it out. No, you didn't. Uguay did show you. God did show you. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Thank God for the wisdom that is from above. Thank God for the wisdom that is from above. Thank God for the wisdom that God imparts in me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Depend on him for wisdom. I've said this before, and somebody sent me a text the other day, and they said, hey, it works. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) There are times where I will, I, I, I I memorize scripture, and there's times where I'll take Proverbs, because I know some of it, right? I don't know it all, but I know some of this, the quotes out of there. We could quote some stuff. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not. But there's some of the stuff that doesn't reveal God so quickly. And so those things, when I'm sitting with some people, certain people, I will just say the word of God without saying, well, Scripture says, well, the Bible says, I'll just say, you know, well, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's actually out of Timothy, but I'll say that, or I'll say something along those lines. And the, the, the person that I'm talking with will be like, wow, that, you're right. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's so smart. That's so wise. I know. <laughs> so I shared that before. I'm sharing it with you again because this is something that I do, right? Wise in my own. No, I'm taking God's wisdom, and I'm just throwing it out there. And they're like, this is amazing. So somebody called me, somebody texted me the other day, and they're like, hey, that works. <laughs> Yeah, it does. I know. That's why I told you to do it. Uh, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Have, let's, all right, so we talked about fear last week, and we talked about how there's the cowardice, losing faith fear, and then there's also the reverential awe. This is by context. Which one? Reverential awe. That's right. You can read. A lot of times you don't have to know the Hebrew. You don't have to know the Greek. You can just read the context and know. This is the reverential awe. Have reverential awe for God. And depart from evil. In Exodus chapter 20, when the Israelites come out of Egypt and they come to Mount Sinai, and then God says, all right, Moses, gather the people of Israel, bring them out to the mountain, and I'm going to descend on the mountain in fire, and it's going to be glorious. You know, get them out there, and they're going to do this, and, and it's going to be good. And so they, he goes through all of this. He gets the people there. He gathers them to the mountain. God descends on the mountain. There's lightnings, and there's thunderings. Are we sounding like Revelation chapter 4? And there's fire, and the mountain is burning because God is there, and the smoke is billowing, and it's consuming. And the Israelites are like, ah! They're cowardice, and they run away. And Moses says... He says, no, no, don't do that. God did all of this so that 
you might have reverential awe for him that you might not sin. That, I'm, that you might not sin. If we were to get a real view of who God is, every, <laughs> every time we get a deeper view of who God is, sin gets further from our life. We become less and less inclined in sin. If you're struggling with sin, I'm going to invite you into the process of discovering who God is. Just, just start searching him out. I don't know what you've got to do. Maybe it's the Bible. Maybe you should pick up Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. But just start to seek out who God is. Find him out. Search him out. There's a promise in the word of God that those who seek him will find him. Have you been seeking? Yeah. Seek him. You're going to find him. And when you find him, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't do that. What would God think? I, he doesn't want me to do that. I don't want to... You know what? God doesn't want me to do that, so I'm going to go stand way over here. I don't want to be anywhere near it. I want to be far, as far away from it as I can. I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't do that, but can I do this? Really? No, just be like, no. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Amen. There it is. God wants you to be healthy. But if we're... If we're if we're not departing from evil, if we're not having reverential awe of God, if we're not engaging him in the process, then health and healing doesn't become our portion. I'm not saying you can't still receive it through somebody that has an anointing. You can, but you can get there on your own simply by fearing God and departing from evil. Two-step healing process. Fear God, depart from evil. Wow. Nine and ten. Nine and ten. I hope we get to eleven and twelve. <laughs> Honor the Lord. <laughs> Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Trust, you know, it's, it's really interesting. This Proverbs 3, it starts out with trust the Lord and then it says, Honor him with your Finances. I'll, I'll insert finances. Honor him with that. Are we honoring God with our finances? Here's the question. Do we trust God with our finances? Do we trust him? Do we believe that he is Jehovah Jireh? Do we believe that the Lord will provide? Do we trust him? Trust. Trust. What does it look like? What does trust look like? Are we there? If you're not, it's okay. God doesn't, God, God doesn't get mad, and he's willing to help you come to a point of trust. If you don't trust God, simply ask, God, I need to trust you more in this area, and then, and then let's see what he'll do. If you don't trust God in the area of finances, uh, just start to give regularly. Right? We, we talk a lot here, and you guys are a great giving church, and so many of you tithe. It's awesome. But, you know, there's some people that you see over years that don't tithe, and they never get out of that cycle of not ever having enough. If you're here and you, you can't get behind the process of tithing, 
just start with something. Start with something small and do it every single week. Decide what it is that you can give to God every single week. For 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, God loves a cheerful giver. We should never give begrudgingly or under compulsion, the scripture tells us, 9, 7. Never. I don't want to ever make anybody feel guilty about giving. That's not my point. My point is, I want to see you live the prosperous life. I want to see you, I want to see your barns filled with plenty and your vats overflowing with the new wine, the Holy Spirit. I want to see, I want to see that. I want to see you blessed. Just start to give. Give something. Give anything. Maybe it's just, maybe you just got to start with a dollar. I don't know. And then work your way up and see what God will do. It's the one place where he says, Malachi 3.10, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the windows of heaven, pour out on you such a blessing that you can't contain it. And I've seen it, guys, time and time and time and time and time again. The word of God proves true. I can't tell you. I wish I could. I wish I had counted. I wish I had counted. I wish I could have gone through and labeled like, man, I'm telling you, I've seen this work a thousand times where somebody didn't have enough and then they started giving and then they had enough. It happens again and 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 again. And as a matter of fact, if you try them once more, it'll work once more. And it'll work once more after that. It's just gonna, it works. It works because he said it works. He is who he says he is. He is who he says he is. God is the great I am, and he didn't lie because if he lied, he'd have to change his name and said, I was. He's not I was, he's I am. His promises are still true. His promises are still yes and amen. That's good stuff. Come on. My, my, my hope, my, my plan, my desire is that you guys get half as excited as I am. At that point, at that point revival comes. All right, 11 and 12, here we go, we made it. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom, the love, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father and the son in whom he delights. You know, oftentimes we make this mistake of thinking that testing, trials, tribulation, chastening of the Lord, if you will, when we encounter some kind of hardship, we think like, oh, God must not love me. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. He does it because he loves you. Yeah. You're going through this trial. I mean, because Jesus said, in this life, you will face trials. You will face tribulation. That's just part of living. Part of living is having trials. So when you come into trials, what does the Bible tell us? Don't be surprised. How could this happen? Because you're alive. You want to have trials? Be dead. You're dead. You're in heaven. No more trials. No more tribulation. While you're here, I could stamp the guarantee you're going to have another trial. You're going to have another test, whether you studied or not. Study. You're going to have another test. You're going to have another trial. You're going to have another situation. We got a situation. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Stay engaged in the process. 
Guys, we, we have to stay engaged in the process. And what is the process? The process is finding out who God is through the midst of it all. I spoke before about mourning. It, in, a, in a poll of some of the most famous atheists throughout history, most of them, if not all of them, became an atheist after they prayed for someone who they loved to get healed and then they weren't. And so then what happened was they were, they were believers and they began to pray for healing. But because they didn't position themselves as Jesus said to John the Baptist's disciples when he comes, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Because they didn't position themselves to not be offended no matter the answer. When the answer that they wanted didn't come, they were offended and they disengaged from the process. And now I hate God. God can't be real. Most atheists... Not all of them. There was some point in their life where they were offended at God. And they've, dis they've disengaged from the process and now they hate God. They but the, what's the first step? The first step is disengaging from the process. See, because God is a God of comfort. God is a God who comforts those who mourn. He gives joy for the oil of mourning. So the mourning process, it's supposed to bring us back to God. It's supposed to bring us back to the Holy Spirit. But when we disengage from the process, it pushes us away, and now we hate him. And now I'm just using mourning as an example, but you could, tell, you could throw anything you want on the pile. You could throw anything you want on the fire. God, I prayed that you would give me the girlfriend and you didn't. God, I prayed that you would do whatever and you didn't. God, I prayed that you would save the marriage and you didn't. God, I prayed that you would bring so-and-so to the Lord and you didn't. God, I prayed for X, Y, and Z and it didn't happen. I didn't see it. But we need to stay engaged in the process. Why? Because Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God and call according to his purposes. How does it work? I don't know how it works. How, do, how can that make any sense? I don't know. Again, if we don't come to a place where we're growing in mystery, then we can't come to a place where we're growing in faith. Faith only comes where mystery comes. If we were to understand everything, it wouldn't be a walk of faith anymore. It'd be a walk of understanding. And that's, what not God, that's not what God called us to. He said the just will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. I'm going to live not knowing where I'm going. I'm going to live not really being sure 100%, but I really know that this is what God wants me to do. I trust. I have faith. I know with my faith that this is where we're supposed to be. How does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense at all to the natural mind, but this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. How is that all going to work out? I haven't got a clue. God's given me the step-by-step -step as we're taking the steps. Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step even though you can't see the whole staircase. Right? The picture here, the people are walking out into the clouds. Are they walking up into the sky? Are they just going to fall off the edge? No, they just keep trusting. The path is just going to be there. The path is just going to be there. The path is just going to be there. I'm, I can't even see the ground anymore, but I'm going to keep walking because surely the, the ground can't disappear. All things work together for good. Jump back. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. God loves you. 
God loves you. What happens is once we begin to bring an accusation against God, once we begin to ask these questions, why, 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 trust gets injured. The love of God that you feel gets injured. And now because you can't receive God's love, you can't, you restrict your own ability to give love. We love because he first loved us. The only reason we have power to love others is because he loved us. It's, it's him. He did it for us and we do it for others. Don't fool yourself. Don't think you're all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lover. Yeah, you're a lover because he loved you. Plain and simple. Don't, don't be taking credit for stuff that you didn't do. I mean, just bask in the glory of what God's doing. Praise God. All right. I'll end. Let's go to the end. I got to end with this scripture. Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you. Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son of man, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son does also in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Jesus said, listen, I'm not doing anything out here on my own. Who are we to think? Here's Jesus, son of God, God himself in the flesh, saying, hey, just to let you know, I don't trust myself <laughs> while I'm here in this environment and so I've surrendered all of that, and I'm only doing what God shows me and says to me. If God doesn't say it, we're not doing it. If God doesn't say it, I'm not saying it. If God doesn't show me it, we're not doing it. This is, this is the plan. God showed us. God says that's what we're doing. And if he, doesn't, if he doesn't get behind it, we're not doing it. This is Jesus walking the earth. We said, I said this before. It's worth saying again. Jesus lived on the earth as a man completely surrendered to God. Jesus was fully man and he was fully God. But what Jesus did was he took his divinity and he put it behind his back, tied his hand, tied his divinity behind his back. He still had it, but he didn't use it. And so as he walked on the earth, everything he did on the earth was as a man in complete and full surrender to God. Every miracle, every prophecy, every word spoken, a man in surrender to God. If he did it as God, it's amazing. I'm still amazed. But because he's done it as a man in surrender to God, it invites us into the process that we could do the same as he did. Jesus healed, I can heal. Jesus prophesied, I can prophesy. Jesus spoke to multitudes, I can speak to multitudes. Jesus multiplied the bread and the fishes, I can multiply the bread and the fishes. He walked on the water, I can walk on the water. Why? Because he was just a man. He didn't do it in his divinity. He did it in his natural man. Wow. Come on, let's go. How much do we surrender? How much do we trust? To the point where to the point where Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane prays this prayer and he says, not my will, but yours will be done. He knew what was coming. He saw it coming. He saw the cross. He knew what he was. He prayed three times, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, your will be done. 
He saw the excruciatingness of the cross. He saw what had to happen. He saw what had to go down. He saw the 39 lashes. He saw his blood poured out. He saw the spear in his side. He saw it all. And it was too much for him to deal with as a man. But his trust remained in God. His trust remained in God. He remained fully surrendered to God that his glory might be seen, that God's glory might be seen. Where do we need to surrender today? Where do we need to trust God more today? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that we would surrender today. God, we pray that you would lead us to trust you more today. God, that we would come to a place that even as Jesus said, even as Jesus prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. God, we commit ourselves to you today. God, we want to go deeper. We want our faith to rise. We want our faith to rise. God, we want you to show up large on the inside God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Help us trust you, Lord. Amen.